Welcome to Handful. Today is Wednesday, February 10th, and I'm your host, Delia McLaughlin. Today we will be shedding light on small island developing states. We'll take a look at their alarming position on the front lines of global climate change, highlighting the need to develop innovative strategies to respond. I'd like to take a second for you to visualize what climate change looks like. I personally used to see it as if it were a storm rolling in from the distance that seemed alarming but not immediately panic-inducing. I have a suspicion that many Westerners have a similar visualization, especially if you spend a lot of time nestled in the safety of inland America like I do. Developed countries have had significant warnings about the coming changes brought about by greenhouse gas emission increases and global warming. As a result, they've had years to prepare. However, there are currently places and people who have quite literally run out of time to prepare for climate change. A prominent example of these places are small island developing states, known as SIDS. SIDS are a group of 58 developing territories recognized by the United Nations. They have unique social, economic, and environmental vulnerabilities. A few well-known SIDS are Jamaica, Samoa, Singapore, and Puerto Rico. They are geographically small, remote from international markets, and often have weak economic diversification. Their inhabitants generally rely on biodiversity and natural resources for tourism and sustenance. These characteristics decrease their resistance and resilience to impending global changes. Combine this with their locations around the equator, and high percentage of coastal regions, and it becomes clear that SIDS are incredibly vulnerable to both climatic and economic shifts. Dr. Neela Cooley studies the impact of climate change on SIDS, and he teaches at the University of Connecticut and the School for Field Studies. He has also negotiated at the United States Climate Change Conference as part of St. Lucia's delegation, and he noted that conversations around climate change are led by wealthy countries and framed around climate change mitigation. This centers conversations about climate change mobilization mainly around the perceived experience of developed nations. The population of all SIDS totals approximately 65 million people, less than 1% of the world population. But the actions that we take as students, politicians, scientists, and activists to help the most vulnerable will have broader implications for the following decades. What will the world look like for the most vulnerable when we, as developed, prepared, and privileged nations, become vulnerable as well? SIDS are past the point of climate change mitigation. They already are dealing with losses. A lack of clout on the international scale leaves them one step behind developed countries, so they're forced to think ahead. They feel very tangible impacts of climate change in the form of crop loss and sea level rise at rates up to four times the global average, for example. Hurricane Maria hit Dominica, an island in the Eastern Caribbean in 2017, causing damage equivalent to 224% of the island's GDP. A humanitarian crisis ensued. While I want you to take note of this singular example of destruction, realize that it isn't isolated. SIDS currently experience the world's highest frequency of natural disasters. However, I want to foster some hope for you and SIDS by presenting a few paths that can be taken in order to help these islands prepare for and react to our changing world. The current focus for disaster preparation is assessing climate risk to develop resilience through climate and disaster risk finance and innovative insurance solutions. Challenges with insurance arise, and post-disaster funding often isn't comprehensive or timely enough to fully rely on. Remember the economic devastation that Dominica experienced? As the island's residents rebuild, they are doing so with a unique approach, mobilizing to become more climate change resilient. A plan to build hurricane-proof infrastructure, decrease agricultural import reliance, ban plastic, and diversify its economy was put into place. The plan's effectiveness suggests that a better form of international aid is perhaps to help small islands adapt for resilience 
while concurrently bracing their economies. Young people, and particularly those in developed countries, have more power than we think, Dr. Akuli says. He urges us to ed- educate ourselves and the people around us, participate in grassroots movements, and engage with political processes to communicate the importance of accountability for climate change. We can help move global conversations away from mitigation and put pressure on those in power to aid the most vulnerable and impacted. It is too late to mitigate and too late to adapt in some cases. That does not mean, however, that we can give up hope and continue to wait for the impending storm of climate change to hit us and only us. And that's the end of today's Handful. Handful is a production of Novel Hand, where activism meets impact. Thanks for listening and check back next Friday for our next episode.